You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. All right. How's everyone doing? I want to welcome you guys to Radiant Culture. Um, it's been a while and this is a bit of a different setup today because we're on Zoom and um, this is a live, yeah. well, a, a Zoom video <laughs> video <laughs> session. So, uh, yeah, all very interesting. I know uh, I'm actually at home and uh, I think that the, the light is a bit funny where I am. But anyway, um, we'll, we'll have to work with what we have. But today we are joined by a very, very special guest. Uh, somebody uh -huh. who's not new to the podcast, but somebody who's been missing in action for a while. So today we have the one and only Wasu. Uh, good to see you. Good to be with you again. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sean, it's it's great to 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 see you, man, and and to to have you join us all the way from from that other country. Deviako, <laughs> David. <laughs> Dave should. Yeah, and you know, to, to today we wanna we wanna touch on something uh, very very important. It's, it's a very timely timely subject that that we're addressing. And today, today we're talking about um, just the the whole issue about the pandemic and what that means for the church. You know, um, we are right now in Zim on lockdown. And the lockdown has actually been intensified, and um, we don't know how long, how long it's going to go on for. And what's happening out there is that right now the situation on the ground is that you know, COVID um, is is taking lives. People mm. are you know you, you're getting um, the, the the numbers of deaths keep increasing. You've got um, people who are hospitalized. You've got people who are sick at home. So the the situation is quite dire, uh, much worse than it was. During the, the during the first lockdown, and I know I, I don't want to make things sound bleak or anything, but um, that's just just the reality of what's going on um, at the moment. But at the same time, we're the church, you know, and yeah. we 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 are supposed to to do church and to be the church, um, even in the midst of everything that's going on. So that's what our discussion is going to center around today. Um, just to touch on those things, and and of course, Sean is going to be helping us. Um, as somebody who is a friend of the of the podcast and also somebody who's in ministry. Um, and of course, Mr. Kent is in ministry as well. So gentlemen, um, let, let's talk about this. When we look at what's going on in the world right now, I mean, just, just world over, the way every, everything is happening, it's a bit crazy. Um, and I think a lot of people who are Christian, I've spoken to several people who are just like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm feeling really, really... Um, I just feel defeated. That's what somebody said to me. They just said, I just feel so defeated right now. I can't, I can't meet. I'm tired of um, online church. So do, do we, do we think that with the way things are right now, should we be looking at getting back to, to normal, whatever normal means? Is that really what we should be expecting? Mm. I certainly hope not. <laughs> normal, <laughs> normal was not good. Uh, so I certainly yeah. hope that there is a difference and many lessons learned as Christians have learned through past pandemics and crises that there is a better way of living life. And essentially, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian professing Christ as Lord, we know what the end is and we know what heaven 
should be like or we have an idea we're told and our role essentially is to be you know ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven on earth ushering in the kingdom of heaven on earth and helping the world to look a bit more like heaven the truth is there's still but but i think that's the case so i hope there isn't a normal i hope the new is going to be from lessons learned and quite different wow yeah Yeah. i like that but but you know the thing that kind of baffles me is are we learning the lessons um i still see a lot of people are in the mode of hey you know we're praying that this thing passes away so that we get back to to where we were before you know um have we have we really embraced the new just you know, as, as a church on mass yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a great question have we embraced the new sometimes i don't think we know what the new is and our role is to usher in the new or to be part of advocating for living for creating the new and i think sometimes what a crisis or a pandemic does to everyone not just uh, christians but to everyone is causes us to freeze to panic to fear to have confusion yeah. as as you rightly have said is going on in the world today panic fear confusion yeah. uh you know uh when we look at authorities people start pointing fingers at authorities and judging and making remarks as if they're the ones who have the hold on all truth you know making yeah. they're not making the right decisions how does this impact me i don't think that's the right response and i don't i think we may have learned some lessons medicine is certainly getting better which proves the fact that we are learning from past pandemics or crises and situations and medicine certainly has improved and we need to take that into uh in into our thinking we need to give thanks to god for that medicine is a grace gift a blessing a mercy from god to yeah. provide healing in a way yeah so i think we do need to learn from lessons but we also need to to Uh, to learn a lot from the crisis that we're in but i think the first port of call yeah. the first thing we need to do <laughs> is yeah. to go to god cry out to god i think that's number one priority yeah. and we're not do i don't yeah. see the church doing that i i see the church uh uh scandalizing i see the church uh gen- this is a huge generalization not everyone in the church is doing it but i can see a lot of people promoting heresies mm. and conspiracy uh, theories mm-hmm. i think the church are leading the way oh, man. Oh, there's, 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 <laughs> problem there's a lot of those right now yeah that's a problem you know yeah yeah um, and in, so when you look at history I think you know the church yeah. in history has yeah. really led the way through crises. Uh they've not fled from or run away from a crisis a pandemic. In fact they've gone into the face of death and cared for mm-hmm. those who are dying. Most often uh pagans unbelievers would run away when they don't understand the situation for fear of their own lives. But as believers we believe in life after death, we believe in eternal life. We we don't have a fear of death, so we can actually confront death face on, risk our own lives because yeah. we love God, love our neighbor, know where we're going and therefore care for those. in reason uh, and and we'll come to that in a moment but yeah i think there is a different way of approaching the situation yeah 
Yeah. Thank you for that. Thanks, Sean. Um, Mr. Kent, if I can just ask you this, um, again, as somebody who uh, is quite clued up with, with tech and somebody who follows um, yeah. all the different tech trends, um, would, would you say, because, you know, the, the question is, what should the church be doing? Yeah. Um, right now, uh, Sean highlighted highlighted the whole, you know, the issue of people spreading falsehoods, um, Christians sometimes being at the forefront of um, just spreading conspiracy theories and all kinds yeah. of other things. Um, what would you say that the, the church ought to be doing to number one, embrace technology, embrace what's happening now, um, obviously embracing technology as the church. And the second thing I would then ask is, what should the church be doing to use the available information to better the church or to better our lives as Christians? Yeah, uh, yeah, um, good question. Uh, yeah, in terms of technology, um, we, we're all seeing that, you know, we're being all being forced to, to embrace technology, you know what I mean? Um, some of the applications like what we're using right now, Zoom was there before um, this pandemic, but now almost every, people didn't really know about Zoom unless you were in the a tech-savvy tech kind of uh, organization that was using, that was advancing in technology and using these tools for, for remote working and, and remote meetings and this and the like but now almost everyone does zoom calls now and it's forced us yeah. into that so i think it's an opportunity for the church right now to then look at these things because i think sometimes they were like nice to have or like ah we don't really understand so stuff that you don't really understand you throw away or you ignore but now it's kind of a, a wake-up call to say hey look we actually need to embrace these things we actually need to um use this to advance the gospel and complement what we have been doing. So I'm not saying that technology is going to replace church. It may, we don't know the, the way we're doing church yeah. before. It may, but it should, it should actually be something that helps us propel the gospel further. I like the, the, the attitude that Paul had that like, even in these chains, the gospel is still advancing because the word of God cannot be changed. He, he used the circumstance yeah. to, to further the gospel. And that's what we need to do to use technology to see how, okay, we're in this situation. We've got limiters. We don't, we've got limitations. We don't understand what's going on, but let's try to learn and see how we can use this to advance the gospel. So I think that's what the church right. ought to be doing right now. And it's, really up to the leaders as well to stay clued up you know what i mean and, and with respect yeah. to conspiracy theories i really like um you know the the stance that the i think it was the apostolic faith um mission or, or church in south africa that released a statement now i'm told by some experts that it wasn't entirely accurate but generally accurate but they released a statement to their churches uh -huh. explaining these um conspiracy theories against scripture and showing how they were false so and just oh, urging wow. the church not to listen to certain things or to check the facts and also see what the bible says about some of these things uh, and they were actually acknowledging that christians are spreading these things out of fear without checking the gospel and sometimes people are using scripture out of context to advance mm -hmm. these conspiracy right. theories so it was actually a very good statement and i think we need more leaders to come out and do that unfortunately we've had leaders who actually come out and further these conspiracy theories yeah yeah wow and you know 
Wow, it's it's very it's very interesting that you mention um, that that uh, there's there's churches that have actually taken the initiative to to begin to address these things, uh, which which is very 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 important. Um, just, but I think just further to that question, <clears throat> one of the things the Bible says to us is that we ought to be salt and light, right? Yeah. Um, and Sean, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this one back to you. Uh, we ought to be salt and light, and being salt and light means that uh, we we we're really taking the mandate that that Jesus gave us, you know. But the question is, how can we practically be salt and light in these times? Wow, you know that's a great question. That's a great command that we are to be the salt, uh, to be salt and light. And this is a great opportunity for Christians to be more salty and a greater light. Yeah. You know, when times are dark. And when, you know, things are uh, challenging, when, when stuff is rotten, it requires more salt. And this is a great opportunity yeah. for Christians to be light, to shine brighter because times are darker, and to bring more salt to the rottenness in the world. So practically, you ask, how do we do that? I think, you know, coming, to, coming back to Scripture, the first thing that we've got to do, I love how the message version says that Proverbs 3 is trust God from the bottom yeah. of your heart. First thing we've got to do is go to God, cry out to God, and, and say, oh, God, what is the situation that we're in? You know, I love how Habakkuk did it. Uh, in Habakkuk, he, he cries out to God. He says, God, what on earth is going on here? He says, how long, O oh Lord, must I call for help? Can't you see the trouble that we're in? When we're in trouble, let's cry out to God. Why must I watch all this misery, is what Habakkuk says. And the Lord's reply is interesting, and I think this is good for Christians. The way we get more salty and greater light is by listening to what the Lord says first. He says, look around at the nations as we take a look. Look and be amazed, for I'm doing something in your day, something you wouldn't believe if someone had told you about it. And that relates back to Proverbs as well, because it says, don't try to figure everything out. This is Proverbs uh, chapter 3, 5 to 6. It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything that you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. I think sometimes the problem, particularly with church leaders, uh, Bible teachers, is there's an expectation that we do know it all, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The pastor will have the problem. Whatever pastor says has got to be from God because they listen to God. No, listen to God for yourself. So stop believing conspiracy theories because sadly, sometimes it's these pastors, church leaders who are spreading conspiracy theories. Yeah. And everyone Correct. believes them because they believe what pastor says has got to be gospel truth. No, God says, don't try figure it out on your own. Trust God. Don't trust pastor. Don't trust, you know, trust your pastor. Yes. But don't trust everything. Yeah. Gospel truth. Go back to the word of God and weigh it up with God. Put your hope in him. Look and see yeah. God is doing something in our time. So first thing I would say, practically do cry out to God. Yeah. Secondly, confess your sin. Sometimes we have a sin of selfishness, of idolatry, of fear. Fear is sinful, right? Mm -hmm. Apart from fear Mm. of God. So number one, cry out to God. Number two, confess your sin to God. Perhaps the sin of selfishness, of hoarding resources, keeping them to yourself. I would say be wary of that and fix your eyes on God. Cry out to him. Confess your sin. 
Do you want me to keep going with some practical things? <laughs> have a question, pop in there, because I've got a couple of C's that I want to give us. Uh, to please, help please, us. please give it to us. Go, go for it. Go so for it. Out to God, confess your sin. Um, sometimes mm. there's a sin of indifference too. You know, we think situation is right. too big for me. I'm a bit indifferent to it. Don't know what to do. So we sit back, and it's laziness, right? Engage yeah. the situation. Repent of indifference. Repent of fear. Repent of selfishness. Repent of judging others for the position that yeah. they're in. You know, don't don't judge those who are going for conspiracy theories. I may have sounded judgmental when I said there's so many conspiracy theories pointing fingers. Be wary of judgment and, you know, repent of the sin of judgment. Whatever the sin is that you're committing, yeah. thirdly, your calling. Go back to what God's called you to do. Ah, oh, what has God called me to do? Well, our primary calling from God is to glorify him. Ah, oh, how do I glorify yeah. God? He says, I've told you, man, what to do. You know what to do. You know, uh, do justice, love mercy, yeah. walk humbly. We know, yeah. love your neighbor. We know what yeah. God called us to make disciples. This is the prime time to reaffirm God's call on our lives, remember it, and work it out. Your convictions. This is a perfect yeah. time to clarify your convictions, what you really believe. You know, so that's the next thing I would say. Be sure of your I like that. I, I like that. It's just, if we can just stop on that point yeah. for a second, the one about convictions. Because yeah. um, I feel like um, a, a lot of what we're lacking right now in in um, in a lot of our conversations you, is that lack of conviction. And maybe part of it is that we because we lack conviction, that's why we're swayed by all these conspiracy theories and all these other yeah. things that are going on. You know, and so I just feel like it's such it's such an important uh, pillar of of our faith and our mm-hmm. just our um, foundation that we have to be driven by not just opinion, not just uh, good messages, but we've got to we've got to be driven by conviction. So I, I love that. I love that. Please, please know what on. you believe. Know what you believe. You know, write it down. Yeah, you know, write down a simple set of beliefs. You know, your core beliefs, and remember them daily. Memorize them. I think yeah. the next thing is that the way that we work out our convictions and are sure of them is in community. It's easy to neglect community in a pandemic, in a crisis. Yeah. Actually, we need one another more so now, even though it's harder to gather together, it's more yeah. important that we do connect and stay in community and think about those who are not in community. Yeah. Invite them, include them in. That's good. And because there's camaraderie when there's community. We're able to spur one another on to love and good deeds. We, yeah. don't, we don't think about conspiracies or get entangled in them when we have brothers and sisters who are not afraid to keep us accountable when we go the journey together. So don't give up community. Be creative in the way that you stay in community. When it's locked down, yeah. there isn't a church when you're not permitted to go to church, mm. to a a church building. Church is not the building. Church is not the service on a Sunday. Church is an identity. It's a people that we are. We live out as members of the church daily lives. And then comply. This is key. It is our Christian duty and responsibility to comply with the laws that are set out, to comply Mm. with health regulations. And and I've seen many Christians disobeying these. When the when the mm-hmm. law says wear a face mask, 
Comply with the law. God has given this law to you. Don't think you're more clever than the authorities and scientists that say face masks don't work. Uh, you know, we want yeah. to find an excuse for ourselves to disobey the law. That's what sin has been about from the beginning of time, yeah. finding an excuse yeah. to disobey the law. Comply with the law, the regulations of the day. And then finally, take courageous actions and i think Mm. what will help us with that is some context when we look at history and how the church has responded to pandemics we can realize the sky is not falling down Mm -hmm. and i think the panic is because people think the sky is falling down these are the end times oh no (laughs) i'm not gonna say this is not the end times i don't know we we don't know if it is or not you know, but Christians be careful of saying the sky is falling down. In AD one five six, there was a great pandemic that killed five million people. At the moment, COVID, COVID, uh, there have been two million plus people this morning who have died of COVID around the world. In yeah. the the Black Death plague that went on and on for years, and actually still the bubonic plague, still there are a thousand to three thousand cases every year diagnosed of bubonic black death plague. Do you know it killed 200 million people? 200 million? 200 million. In fact, the city of London, every 10 years, the plague would come about again. Every 10 years, it wiped out a fifth of the population of London, the city of London. Wow. One in five people in your city, it wiped out every 10 years when it came back around. You know, there's some context to think about when we think, ah, it's crazy, things, plagues happen. People, I don't want to be insensitive now, I want to be careful not to be insensitive, but these things happen and Christians respond to them either in a way that is a heresy, so the flagellants, mm-hmm. you might have heard of the flagellants. Yeah. Those yeah. flagellated themselves because they believed that the plague was a curse from God and that they wanted to repent or do something so that God would remove this punishment. Wow. And they would flagellate themselves for 33 and a half days because that's the number of years Jesus was alive on earth and oh, go around from village to wow. village beating themselves, bleeding three times a day for 33 and a half years just to try and make penance with God. Problem. Wow. Heresy. In the end, these people started killing, murdering other people who didn't follow them or didn't believe at what they were. They became an idol to themselves. Dangerous, dangerous heresy. Some would retreat and hide away from the pandemic or run away. Can I read something quickly from Martin Luther? Yeah. Okay. Okay, sure. Go, Go ahead. His response was brilliant, and I hope it inspires us. Martin Luther writes in his letter to Reverend Dr. John Hess uh, at his time when the the deadly Black Death plague was going on. He writes this, I shall ask God, what do we do? Should we flee from the plague? What should we do? This is what Martin Luther says. I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate. That was a health regulation those days. Then I shall Mm -hmm. fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine and take it, a vaccine if there was one, administer whatever it was, take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus 
perchance inflict and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me and I have done what he has expected of me. And so I'm not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. But if my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely as stated above. See, this is such a God-fearing faith because it is neither brash nor foolhardy Mm. and does not tempt God. You know, this is a guy who didn't run away from the plague. He just said, if my neighbor needs me, I'll go to them, but I will do everything that I'm required to do in the meantime. Wow, Wow. Sean. Wow, Wow. 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 Thank you so much for that. Um, you know, just as, as you were, as, as you were talking about this, I remember just last night, somebody sent me a clip of a church in South Africa and they were basically, they, they had to, to deploy riot police because the church was meeting and, uh, they, they were, they were refusing to, uh, to disperse saying that only, they, they only listen to God and they only take their orders from God you know, and that the, the state is, is below God. And so they can't tell them what to do, what not, what not. It was crazy. The pastor had to get arrested. And I just thought, it left me thinking that how often are we doing stuff like this in the name of God, but in the process violating the very, the very rules and laws that God put in place, which is that we should submit to the authorities that have been put in place. You know, wow, su- su- such, a, such a good point. Um, the only time the Bible says we're permitted uh-huh. to disobey the authorities is when they are disobeying uh-huh. a command from or calling us to disobey a command from God. Yeah. So if the authorities tell you, right. don't touch a sick person, don't care for a sick person, you're not permitted to do that, or th- they call you to do something that is against what God calls us to do, then we have to be careful. Now, people want to try and twist and interpret that. God commands us to gather together weekly for church services. The authorities have called us to stop doing that. It's a command of God. We've got to be very careful about mm-hmm. what God does command us to do. They have back to our convictions, right? And that the yeah. authorities are in place uh, God has established authorities and we need to be obedient yeah. to, their, to their restrictions, true. Unless yeah. they're causing us to commit an offense, a sin, a greater sin. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I think that's something that our listeners should take note of as well, because that, that's a very important point. Um, then the other question I wanted to ask, and I, I, I think Mr. Kent, you can come in here, is, yeah. is the question that we as as Christians are being commanded to care for care for people, care for one another. We have mm-hmm. to be the salt and the light. Um, just all the, all those things that Sean pointed out very brilliantly. Uh, but then the other thing is that we are also victims of what's going on, right? So so we're, yeah. we're almost caught in this in, in this dilemma where we are also adversely affected by the pandemic, by everything that's going on in the world right now. Um, but at the same time we're expected to be the salt and the light to be the ones that are there that that make a difference that help people how do we strike that balance yeah very difficult question <laughs> but yeah perhaps sean can also help me here but um yeah, just, you just, you, it's all yeah. yours <laughs> <laughs> but, but just to answer that um i think 
Sean alluded to the first thing that we want to do, you know, in these times, go straight to God. I think at, at this time, I, I think it's, 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 we've been given the advantage, really, where there are lockdowns, there's more time that we can spend. We don't have too many distractions. We don't have to go to meet somebody. We don't have to go out anywhere. We're in a lockdown. So let's take advantage of this time to spend more time with God, searching the scriptures, finding out, okay, God, what would you have me do? Rather than, you know, entertaining conspiracy theories on social media and spending our time on social media and just seeing all this news and being in panic. I'm not saying, you know, let's not be up to date with what's happening, but let's not spend our time there. Let's spend more time. Let's utilize our time to spend time with God and hearing from what he's saying, because he's going to direct us. And, um, and just from the scriptures as well, in this time, while we're doing that, Bible tells us to prefer one another. So if I know that I am, the fact that I'm going through something like this, that means there's someone else who's also going through it. So as I come up with solutions, I also have to think, oh, my neighbor might need the solution. So I share. I like the fact that a lot of people have been sharing a lot of tips on if you get COVID, this is what has helped me. This is what you can do. That sort of thing. I think we need to be more active. And I think one thing that we need to do is not forget the poor. You know, the yeah. orphans, the people who really don't have, you know, I know sometimes it feels like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm draining. I'm, I'm, but if you really look at yourself and compare it to someone else, you'll see that, hey, I'm, 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 I'm far, far much better. And I can spare a hundred dollars yeah. or $10 or whatever it is in whatever currency it is to send to That's someone. That's good to contribute. So yeah. I think this is where also the church and people and communities and cell groups or whatever can come together and say, hey, are there people really in need that we can gather around? And, you know, there's so many delivery services. Talk to one and say, hey, we've got a project where we're buying groceries for people in need. Can you give us a discount yeah. and send this to them? You know, coming up with those kind of ideas and stuff. I think that's what we, we, we ought to do and that's how we can help people by being sensitive to the fact that look what we're going through someone else is going through it or even worse yeah wow that's good that's good yeah. thanks mr kent sean yeah. sean you want to chime in uh, you know i agree with that and uh, jesus is most helpful in this when he says uh, these things in my word i've told you so that in me you can have peace uh, take heart mm -hmm. In the world, you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, that, yeah. that is really encouraging. There's no guarantee that we're not going to face uh, trouble, difficulty, challenges. In fact, it's almost guaranteed that we will yeah. but that we take heart in Jesus. And the only way we find peace is by remembering what Jesus has told us. I think yeah. uh, you know, courageous, practical action is exactly that, exactly as Keith has said, you know, when when we give generously, remembering the poor, when we continue to make disciples, even in the midst of a pandemic, yeah. plant churches, make disciples, be creative how you do that virtually. Be present yeah. as well, you know, be physically present or uh, be creative in the way that we use media, uh, Zoom, to be with people who are in hospital. Yeah. You know, they need presence, yeah. need prayers, they need to hear your voice. Be there virtually. We have technology these days that allows us to continue to be there for people who are in that we can't be physically with them. Check in on your neighbors. You know, we can get WhatsApp bundles or use use what we have at our disposal to be present. It's easy to find and make excuses not to be. 
to say, oh, I'm also tired. Oh, I've yeah. also got, uh, be careful of that because that's just surrender and it's, it, it's not good for the world. The church has grown more when there's been a pandemic or a crisis because of their self-sacrificial response. Mm. Jesus calls us to love our neighbor as he loved us. He died yep. for us. Yep. Yeah. To love our neighbor in such a way that we're prepared to die for them. We're not afraid of death. We're prepared to, to die for them. I wanted to give people a few cautions, if I may, because there's some cautions we did discuss. Can I quickly finish with those? Yeah. 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 We Please do that. We've, got, we've literally got yeah. three minutes yeah, before, yeah. before we have to wrap up. So as we said earlier, the first caution is don't fear. Don't flee and don't be paralyzed or retreat. The sky is not falling. The second caution is don't complain or argue. Rather bless and encourage and inspire hope. That way you yourself will be inspired as you bless, encourage, and inspire hope. We get down when we start complaining. Do you know what happened to the guys in, in the desert when they started complaining? They didn't enter the promised land. In fact, thousands of them were killed by the destroyer, it says in the Bible. Beware of complaining. Thirdly, don't promote heresies and don't promote conspiracy theories. If you don't know for sure, for sure, for sure, dip it. Be quiet. Don't share conspiracies and heresies with other people. Speak truth or zip it. Be quiet. Finally, last caution, don't judge others. You know, some may have a weaker faith. Some may have a different conviction from God than you. Mm. Don't judge yeah. them. We're in this together. Wow. 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 I like it. Yeah. I like it. Thank you so much, Sean. Thank you. Um, right. We we are like literally running on, 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 the, on seconds now. Seconds, but, yeah. um, what, what I love about what you've just shared there, Sean, um, is the fact that we have to be proactive where we're not waiting for for things to get better we we work we do yeah. what we're supposed to do where we are um and what makes us different as the church and and um, and Keith referred to this as well is the fact that we we're supposed to be thinking just thinking beyond just ourselves we have to be thinking about the poor what can we do with the resources we have mm-hmm. to to help how can we partner with people who are doing stuff is it giving money is it meals is it but there's something that we can do to help those that are less fortunate than us. Um, wow! Thank you so much, gentlemen. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wrap it up now uh, yeah. because our, our time is is gone. But thank you so much, Sean, and we're gonna we're gonna have yeah. you back. <laughs> thank you. Awesome to be with you guys. Shall I shoot up a quick prayer in closing while the time is running down? Yeah, sure. sure. Let's, let's do it. Father, thanks for this awesome time together with these brothers to discuss these things and to discuss your kingdom. We want to prioritize you as the one and only true God who we live for and die for. Help us to love our neighbors in such a way that proves that you are God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much, Sean. Thanks, Kuda. Thank you. Nice. All right. Cheers. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut.
Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.